identity class. If you are here for the humility, it is in the other side. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, just look here. Um, identity. So let's go ahead and get started. We're two minutes past. Um, I'll start by introducing myself and my beautiful, amazing wife. My name is Nick Cruz, and it's my wife, Alyssa Cruz. Uh, and we help lead the campus ministry in Knoxville, Tennessee. So good old Rocky Top. Um, my, uh, the cover of my Bible actually fell off this week, so I, I duct taped it in my UT colors. Um, so just a little bit um, about this class. Actually, let's pray first. That's a great way to start, right? All right, let's go to God. Oh, Father God. Wow, what an incredible retreat. Um, already, this has just been an awesome time to connect with people, to connect with you, to have this a time to be away from life, a time to connect and take things off of our minds, God, and fill them with you. And just thank you that we get to go to classes and devote ourselves. Thank you that you have put it on people's hearts to talk about things that we want to learn about God. And I just want to pray that you would please go before us in this class. That, Lord, you have been doing work to lead people to what you want them to hear and what you want them to walk away with long before this lesson. And I just pray that your spirit would move, that you would give me the words and my wife the words, and that, that more than anything, your words, your scriptures would cut and challenge and convict the hearts of everybody here, God, that we can learn to identify ourselves in Christ and not by things of the world. We learn to find our identity in Him and not what everyone else tries to impose on us and, and make us think about ourselves, but that Jesus alone and His grace would be our source, our confidence, our identity, and everything that we need for We love you, and we need you, and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, identity. Who are you? Pretty deep question, right? What defines you? If you, if you didn't, like, know what the answer to that was, you, you wouldn't be here, right? So you're trying to figure out, who am I, but more specifically, who am I in Christ? Because, I don't know, but I don't have it all figured out, but hopefully I have some things to share with you. Uh, but if, you're, if you are like me, I spent way too much time trying to define myself and find my identity in things that don't really matter. Um, you know, when I was younger, I tried to find my identity in drug culture. Uh, I, I moved a lot as a kid. I, my parents went through various divorces. And so when I was in high school, I started smoking weed. And everybody was doing it. So I, I identified with the culture of smoking weed. And I felt like I had friends. And, and I was, man, that's who I am. That's, this is awesome. And, man, I'm going to legalize weed one day. That's a funny story. I'll tell you another time. Um, but that I told my parents when I was in college, my goal in life was to legalize marijuana. Um, because I tried to find, I didn't have an identity. I didn't know who I was. And so I tried to find it in that. Um, I tried to find my identity in chasing women. I spent hours and hours trying to just sculpt my image. Well, I'll get this muscle just right. And, man, I'll get this polo. And, because I thought my identity would be found in chasing the approval of women. Um, I got quiet. I got y'all on the hook now. Um, when I became a Christian, it's, it's easy to see the wrongness of trying to find your identity in things of the world. But even when I became a Christian, I tried to find my identity in who I was. It's in being the most spiritual person I could be. Man, if I have 
the best Bible talk. If I help this many people become Christians, if this many people like me, then I really can find my identity. I'll find who I am. But it's under a God of spirituality. But I've really just changed masters, right? An identity becomes honestly this wrestle where you're trying to find acceptance from something that you identify with, right? You're trying to find fulfillment. Who, who am I and what recognizes what I am that I can connect with and find purpose and find meaning and find fullness, right? And I think the problem isn't in finding who you are and finding your identity. The problem becomes you fail to find your identity in Christ alone. All these other things that you want to define yourself by, they don't matter. Nothing else really matters except finding your identity in Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. But my wife's going to share about her struggles with identity as well. Uh, so, okay, so, yeah, I think this class was really cool for Nick and I because uh, we even felt like right now we're still trying to figure a lot of these things out. So for us, I think, you know, we're almost 25. Like, this is still, like, we're still figuring a lot of this out. Right. Um, but I think there's, like, a, this... In college, there's this, like, stigma that you have to figure out who you are by the time you graduate and know what you're going to do, and just really not going to happen without God. Um, but I think for me, like, growing up, I was very, like, average at everything I did. Like, I was, like, pretty good at school, but not great, and I was, like, pretty good at sports, but not great, and, you know, and that, but that's how people, like, define themselves, like... My brother was like this top-notch athlete. Like he was like the best of the best and that defined him. And my other brother was like a singer and he was really talented in everything he did. And then I was just kind of like cruising through life. And so for me, I just never really felt like, yeah, I didn't like identify with anything. So I have a very rebellious nature and I really wanted to like rebel against a lot of things. And I didn't want to like fit into the Christian stereotypes or I didn't want to fit in with this group. Like, I just wanted to rebel. and um, So I wanted to almost find my identity in myself and, like, that I'm, like, above, like, all these worldly things. And, and then I became a Christian. And, like, you know, in college, our ministry, like, started growing a lot. And then, you know, actually I got asked to be a leader. And then I, like, found myself in a lot of Bible studies and, like, leading other women and, that was like a huge temptation for me to really find my identity and the works of the ministry, right? Like, oh, I'm a leader now, or, you know, so that's my identity, or um, my identity is in my Christian works and not really who I am before God, um, because I just had never really had an identity before, so once I started getting these titles, it really felt like, oh, I want to put my worth in this and not my worth in God. And so, yeah, so those were kind of the things that were really hard for me to figure out, okay, who am I, who, who do I want to be? Y'all get it up for my wife. Yeah. Um, it's, it's okay if you don't encourage me, you got to encourage my wife, right? First um, Peter, chapter 2. Are y'all identifying with what we're talking about so far? Is this why y'all came to the class? So 1 Peter chapter 2, along the lines of finding our identity in Christ, let's look in verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim 
the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now I want to ask, whose steps define you? Because there's only two choices in this passage, right? You are either God's people, or you are not God's people. Either your identity is in Christ, or you don't really have an identity, because outside of Christ is darkness. So anything else that you are trying to find your identity in, outside of Christ, is, is meaningless. And I think some of us spend so much time trying to better our image and what people think of us, rather than realizing who we are in Jesus. Rather than becoming who we are in Jesus, and realizing, man... If I didn't, if I was not a part of something in the darkness, why would I want to bring those things into the light to try to make that who I am in Jesus? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, why would I try to bring my self-glorification from when I was in darkness and try to have my cake and eat it too with Jesus? Man, I try to lift myself up. Man, I try to look good in front of people rather than realizing I'm part of God's people. My, my purpose is to proclaim His excellency. My, my purpose is... To proclaim that he called me out of that. I was, I, I was an amoeba of identity. And he gave me identity in his grace and in his love. And I want to share, I want to share a story about an experience I had. Um, where I had to stop thinking about what people thought. And I had to find my identity in Jesus. Um, so there was a point in my life where I was not married. Um, shocking, right? Like you don't just come out married. And before I was even dating my wife... Um, I was pursuing another girl. Okay. All right. Um, so this is a hard story to tell, but I remember when I was a young Christian, Alyssa and I, we had this thing going on, and it was pretty awesome, but we were both just so, like, we hadn't realized our identity enough in Jesus yet. Like, like we just were too polar opposite in our sins, and we just needed some time away from each other. So we were like, okay, this is great, but no, we don't like each other. We're going we're gonna to separate. And I started pursuing this other girl because I was an idiot, and I was focused on all the wrong things. And there came a moment when that fell apart, and it was like the veil had been torn from my eyes. And I realized that, like, Alyssa was, like, the perfect girl for me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? But... Here's the setting, okay? So this is like three years removed from when we first started liking each other. And Alyssa had like seven other guys that were pursuing her. Okay? And I'm not kidding. She says like, I don't believe you. There were seven guys that were pursuing her. And one of them was one of my best friends. Okay? And I had thought he was better than me at everything in the world. He was more athletic than me. He was better looking than me. And he, had, he was looking out for the girl that I realized I liked. But it kind of took that competition for me to realize I was an idiot. Like, once I saw that this awesome opportunity I had to be with this woman who was just really going to be my best friend, I, I blew it because I was too focused on, on myself. I was too focused on um, things about me. And so I remember I started, I was like, man, I'm going to pursue this woman. I, I'm going to go after her. But she gave me no indication that she liked me at all. <laughs> like, zero indication. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm losing the race. Like, all these other people are going after this woman, and I'm losing. And, uh, and so I remember I was in a tree, because that's where I go into trees when I'm trying to connect with God. And, and I was, like, just crying because I was so insecure. I was like, oh, my gosh, this girl, I like, she doesn't like me, this, that, the other. And I, uh, I had this prayer time. And I, I wrote down, I said, you know what? My name is Nick Cruz. I'm a son of God. 
I see something I want, I'm going to go after it. And so that was like my mantra. I was like, man, I, I found my identity in God, right? I am a son of God, and I'm going to go after this. And I think some of us need to find our confidence and identity in God to go to war for something. We need to realize, man, my name, fill in the blank. My name is Anthony Toller. Man, my, what, what is your name? And I am a son or daughter of God, and I'm going to go after this. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let in to my insecurities or things that, and now I'm not saying it's like to pursue a girl. I, hopefully you see the spiritual implication I'm making here. Uh, but maybe that is a spiritual one. But what area of your life do you need to realize who you are in God and go to war because of it? Is it your impurity? Is it your pride? How about your hard-heartedness? How humble are you? How humble are you to correction? Do you need to say, you know what? I'm really insecure, but I'm going to go after being corrected. My name is whatever, and I'm a child of God. I'm just going to be humble. Is it in a lack of spiritual integrity or depth? Is it faithlessness? Do you look out on your campus and think, man, there's nobody out here that's going to become a Christian. Man, there's nobody that actually wants to change because of God. There's nobody that actually wants to hear what the Bible has to say, right? I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm going to believe that God is faithful and go after this. That's my identity, not in what I define myself as. And so we want to help you guys figure this out and fight. And so let's start with our first point. What is not our identity? First point. And for that, let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Y'all there? Y'all too busy writing all the notes. Um, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 4. It says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal of persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for, sake, for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. So here you have Paul. He says, this is everything that I have that I could take credit for, that I could have as a part of my identity. Man, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I, I'm, I'm as zealous as persecuting the church. I, so what is what things do you want to, to define yourself by that really have nothing to do with Christ? Because Paul had every reason to be lifted up. He had every reason to be looked at as a spiritual, awesome man. But he gave all of that up because he realized it wasn't his identity. His identity was in Jesus. So, so here's what I'm saying. Your identity isn't your sin. Your identity isn't your talents. It isn't your gifts. It, it, it isn't your major. 
It isn't what job you're going to do. It isn't in whatever, whatever dreams you have. Your identity is in knowing Christ. I don't know, I don't know what, you, what accolades you have. Maybe you're a great athlete. Maybe you're a really talented singer. But if that's your identity, you're going to be sorely, you're going to miss out. Because Paul counted anything that would make him be confident in who he was, was worth nothing in comparison to knowing Christ. And finding who he was in Christ. Says, says, I counted everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Is, is finding who you are in Jesus a surpassing worth? Um, so those are things that you can want to define yourself by, right? You, kind of your bad things you don't want to define, but like, oh, you want to say, oh, I'm a runner, or oh, I'm a, I'm a rock climber, but I think... The world also tries to impose identity on you. So there are things that you want to find your identity in the world, then the world also tries to impose its identity on you. So let's go to Galatians chapter 3 to look at that. Thanks for the encouragement. The more you give to me, the more I give to y'all. So that's how it works. All right, Galatians. Um, Galatians chapter 3, and starting in verse 25. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no, fit, there is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So there are the things that you want to identify yourself as, right? You, you want to be the best looking person that you can be. But there's also things that the world wants to impose on you as your identity. Your ethnicity. Your, your religious identification. Your, uh, I don't know if any of y'all thought of the identity and thought this was going to be like a gender identity class. I know there's a lot of tension um, in the social sphere because of that, but does that make sense? There are things the world wants you to look at. You're, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're, you go to this school, you go to that. Like, they want to impose your identity upon you, but in Christ, anything that would divide you from somebody else is abolished. Yeah. There, there's nothing else that would stand in the way of you being unified from somebody from the world's perspective you have no reason to be connected with. Does that make sense? Your identity in Christ. My wife's going to share a little bit. Um, so, when I was thinking about this, I loved like, thinking in an analogy. So, has anybody ever seen the show The Voice? Yes. yes. Okay, so I love that show. Um, but the whole premise of the show is that people are like turned around and then someone is singing. And then they like choose if they want to turn around and like pick them to be on their team. But it's solely based on their voice, right? So they don't know what these people look like. They don't know like, you know, what race they are. Hopefully they know what gender, but sometimes they don't know what gender they are. You know, there's like all these different things. They have no idea. They're just listening to their voice. And they, when they hear the voice that they like, they say, yes, that's it. And then they turn around. And I was thinking about it and I was like, that's like how God feels about us. 
Like, he does not see, like, what you look like or, you know, how you dress today or all these different things. Like, he doesn't see, you know, what group you're in or all, like, whatever you want to define yourself as. Like, God doesn't see you. Like, he literally sees your heart. Like, you can literally feel like, okay, it turned around. Okay, here's my heart. Yes, that's my child. I'm turning around for that person. And I think that it reminds me of the scripture in 1 Samuel 16, um, verse 7, that says, you know, the Lord does not look at the outward appearance as man does, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I think that is so hard for me to understand, right? Because I yeah. want to like logically measure my results and who I am according to this pattern and to what the world wants to say or what even I want to say or what the church wants to say. But God is like, no, you are my daughter. Here's your heart. And so I feel like for me, I really just have to wrestle with like, am I confident in my relationship with God? Like, do I feel confident like sitting at his feet and being like, here's my heart, like I'm your child, you know? And so I think that, but God just doesn't look at all these things that we're so caught up in all the time. And I think whether it can even be religious things of like, yeah, like, okay, how much am I doing for God? Like, look at all these things, like trying to prove ourselves. And God's just like, I just want your heart. Like, I just genuinely want your heart. I'm not, like, looking at all these other things. And that doesn't mean it shouldn't do these things, right? But that it really makes me feel like, okay, God would choose me. Like, God would hit that button and choose me to be his child no matter where I am at in life, no matter what I look like, no matter what people think about me, God would, like, hit his button and choose me. So, uh, so our second point, what is our identity? And as I'm transitioning to this point, I want to say that not many of us even if we wanted to define ourselves by worldly standards, not many of us actually have that impressive of a resume. I mean, if you think about it, like, what have you actually done that's worth anything to anybody outside of your school? Or your state? Or outside your 10 groups of friends? So, if you want to be identified by the world, then you're going to have to play by its rules. And it's a dog-eat-dog world. If you, don't, if you don't do something, if you don't look the best, if you don't perform the best, if you aren't the most creative, if you aren't the top tier in everything, you are worthless according to the world. Does that make sense? And so unless you find your identity in Christ, you're left to that standard. That's a brutal standard. I don't know about you, but I'm worthless in comparison to the world standard of worth. I have nothing that would make me a, a worthwhile somebody to anybody. I would live, die, and nobody would know anything else. But man, I tell you what. On NFL football teams, the coaches want each person on their team. They pick. I want you because of your specific talent and your specific, your specific skill set. And Jesus is doing that when he is trying to make your identity in him. He's saying, I want you on my team. The world doesn't see your worth. The world doesn't see your value, but I see your value. And I want you. I chose you because I can make you something incredible. Because it's not going to be for your glory like the world wants to make it. It's going to be for my glory. Yeah. It's going to be for the glory of God that lasts for eternity. So maybe you're here and you need to realize your identity in Christ because you have made a decision to make Jesus Lord. But maybe some of you need to stop playing by the world's standards. 
need to make a decision to find identity in the only thing that really matters, which is what Jesus needs to be. And if you're in that place, I hope you find, I hope you find the, the fire to see these passages and want what these passages give baptized disciples of Jesus. Because if you are a baptized, repentant, baptized disciple of Jesus, these passages apply to you as your identity. And you can take confidence in that. And you can walk out of here full of faith and fire and say, man, this is who I am before God, regardless of my sin, regardless of anything that would make me doubt my security in God. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians. Oh, I got a little fire up there. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to read... Verse 17 through 19, and then we'll jump back to chapter 3 and read verse 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the old, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Turn back to chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. If you are a disciple of Jesus, that's your identity. You're a new creation. Anything that you like, anything that Satan wants to accuse you of or make you feel guilty of, that's not who you are. You're a new creation. You have been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus. And amen, you are no longer defined by the world. You are defined by the grace of God. No matter what happens in life, that is your identity. Man, that fires me up. Because I am not worth anything to anybody else outside of the blood of Jesus. I don't know about you. And not only that, but God gives us that same message. Right? We get to go to other people and say, you want to be defined by eternity? What, do you want to be defined by what echoes in eternity for the gladiators fans out there? Right? Man, we get to give that to other people. But I love what verse 18 of chapter 3 says. Because it says... We with unveiled faces are beholding God's glory and being transformed into the same image. If our identities mattered, we wouldn't be being transformed into the same image. And that same image is Christ, right? That's where I talk about the things you want to find your identity in or the things that the world wants to define you by. But they're, they're wiped away because all that matters is finding our identity in Christ. Amen? That fires me up. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Christ must become more and you must become less. Um, I, let's, let's, uh, let's go back to the passage we started with in 1 Peter. Good morning. I'm going to read this again, but I want you to think, man, what is my identity?
verse 9 through 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Either you find your identity in Christ and want to be a part of God's possession, or you are a people who has not received mercy, and you are a people still in darkness. It's one or the other. And so if you have made that decision, you have every reason to be confident when you walk out on campus, when you're being dogged by all the, I don't know about y'all, but I have a lot of emotional issues. I have, um, I've been doing therapy recently, and have you ever heard of life tracks? I have two main life tracks. I have insufficient self-control, and I have um, approval seeking. And so the core messages of both of those is I should not be uncomfortable, and my worth is defined by what people think of me. That's what I wrestle with every single day. And on top of that, I think I might have anxiety issues too. So my, my, wife can, my wife can attest to that. Um, but man, I don't want to be defined by those when I go on campus, right? I want to be defined by my by Jesus' love for me, my, by God's grace for me, that his grace is sufficient no matter my issues, no matter what's going on. Like, I, I can't go out and find somebody that's going to become a Christian. I can't go out and be somebody that's super loving and compassionate, but Jesus can, and my identity is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, you're, you're not God's possession. You're left to be defined by all the things that I just listed out. Instead of finding healing in the image, being conformed to the same image of Jesus. Just doing away with what the world wants to define you by and, and doing away with what you want to define yourself by that isn't Jesus. Mark's going to share on this too. Um, yeah, I really love the passage that Nick read in 2 Corinthians 3 about that we are being transformed into his image. So like I said earlier, um, yeah, like I'm a bit rebellious, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to Nick and just kind of like seeking approval, um, but I hope some people can relate to me too. <laughs> Come on, but, uh, Yeah, so like I'm a bit rebellious, so I don't want to be transformed into anyone's likeness. Like I want to be who I am, and I want to be okay with that, and you guys can get on board if you want to, but I'm going to be who I am, and I like take a lot of pride in that, and like I'm confident in myself, and so I think that that, but that I feel like that has really, um, yeah, like hurt me in my relationship with God because I don't, I'm not even like fully submissive to be like transformed into God's image because I want to be my own version of God or something. That doesn't even make sense, but you know what I mean. Like I want to, this is what I like about God, so I want to be that way and make it my own way. But that's like still finding my own identity in myself, you know, like I'm not literally allowing this like laying down and being so submissive that God can transform me into him, right? Like I'm not trying to be transformed into Nick or into like a campus leader or a church leader or, you know, a best friend. Like I want to learn from those people, but my identity is being transformed to look like God. And that's it. And I think that can be really hard for me because, yeah, I want to take my own time and I want to be who I am. And 
Um, I don't want to like be all these things because people are telling me to be these things. I want to be them because I want to be them. And so I really don't do well with people telling me what to do. Um, you know, which is my pride, and I think that but that can really hinder me in finding my identity in God because I'm not listening to people trying to help me transform to be more like God. Because I feel like they're trying to transform me into this like box or like into this shape of Christianity or something instead of really being like, no, like I'm transforming into God because that's my identity. And so I want to become more and more like God and I want to know Jesus more and more. And I'm so scared of being in this box where I'm just like this robot Christian who just looks like everyone else. Um, instead of really trusting God that he's really transforming me to be more like him for his glory and not my own glory. So. Alright, our third and final point. What keeps us from realizing our identity in Christ? Now, these are going to be pretty practical and i got a few scriptures. Um, but what I'm not saying, what we're saying is that you shouldn't enjoy things that God is giving you specific abilities to enjoy. Like, I enjoy running. I enjoy rock climbing. I enjoy sports. That's not everybody's gear. But man, God can, if, if I, my identity is Christ, then God uses those to glorify himself rather than glorifying me. So I think there's, there's still a value in figuring out how to express yourself and figuring out what you connect with. But it can't be about you. It, it's got to be about finding yourself in God through the creative ways that he's enabled you to find him. Does that make sense? So we moved to, um, we moved to Knoxville to lead the ministry about a little over a year ago. And it was really hard. We came from just a really fruitful campus ministry that was growing all the time. And, I mean, it was just like... You couldn't, like, go to church without somebody becoming a Christian. You just kind of become used to it. You're like, wow, I mean, this is just normal. And so we moved to a church that is pretty small, um, and we've just been out there just trying to do all the same things. But what's incredible is I've figured out how much I haven't found my identity in Christ and what has kept me from finding my identity in Christ. And what I realized is, you know, the, the Bible says that God grants the growth. And I could repeat that. I could recite that. I was a parent. You know, I could, hey, does God grant growth? Yeah, God grants the growth. Like, I could say that. But I never really believed it. What I believed was if I went out and I shared my faith with enough people, statistically somebody would become a Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to happen. Statistically, somebody's going to become a Christian. Um, and then I get to look good in the picture. You know, like, as I'm, you know, dunk, splash, like, got a smile. I'll wipe my teeth before. No, I just... But what's funny about that is God was, God's like, I'm going to statistically lead you to all the people that aren't open. How about that? And so, because if it's not about my glory, I can't use you. If you're not about being conformed to my image, if you're not about being conformed to my identity, you, you, it's all about yourself, and I'm not going to share my glory with you. I have to work around you and not with you. I want to work with you. And so I want you guys to be able to have faith to go out and say, my identity is in Christ. And I can't do this, but Jesus can do this. And that way God gets the glory and you're the co-worker. So let's look at some practicals that keep us from realizing our identity in Christ. Let's go to John, uh, huh? Time. John 15. Let's go. We got short time, so we got to wrap it out. I want to get, I got four scriptures and they'll be pretty quick. So I just want to get them out to y'all. John 15. 
verse 18 and 19. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. It's hard to be hated. And if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you are going to be hated. And so what keeps us from realizing our identity in Jesus is we're flirting with the approval of the world. We, we want to dance the line. We want to look left and look right and not run straight ahead and follow Jesus. Realize that if you are going to follow Jesus, you are going to be hated. You've got to accept that. And by faith in God, you will be rewarded. Does that make sense? You can't flirt with the world and being like the world. Because then we're just trying to play by the, rules, the world's rules, but get all the benefits of being a disciple. Wow. And God's not going to do that. Um, cool. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to rock these out. All right, Matthew chapter 7. All right, starting in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Man, what keeps us from realizing our identity in Christ is focusing on the wrong things. Your spiritual accolades do not matter to Jesus. Romans 4 says that Abraham had something to boast with men about, but he had nothing to boast about before God. There was, there, he had, what do you have that you can stand before God and say, God, aren't you impressed by me? God, I did this, aren't you impressed? You're focusing on the wrong things. Your identity is in Jesus alone. You are helpless. You are nothing. You are a sinner separated from him. But he has given you all the value and absolute love for you as a prodigal son, prodigal daughter. Right? You're focusing on the wrong things. What you do is of no value to God except for your heart to be connected and to love and to serve and to realize that your identity is in his grace, not in what you do because of that grace. Amen? Luke chapter 10. And this is just like a one, two, boom, boom. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Actually, we're going to start in verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If you are not focused on the fact that your name is written in heaven, if it's written in heaven, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're not realizing that your identity is the grace of God alone. You're focusing on the wrong things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We've got two. Oh, actually, I had more than that. All right, we've got two more. Let's crank it. Huh? Y'all good? Can y'all handle two more? Yes. Y'all want two more? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
I think these are great scriptures for y'all to meditate on after this if you have something to think about. So, starting in verse 6, it says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wage according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. What keeps us from realizing our identity in Jesus is we don't see our part of the work accurately. We don't see that the joy is just serving God. The joy is just doing and being obedient to Him. And that's all that really matters. He grants the growth. Our image is in what we look like while we're doing it and not the fact that we get to do it with God. That's because of God. That God is our identity in it. Romans chapter 4, last one. All right, this one's probably my personal favorite right now. I've been meditating on it a lot. The last thing that can keep us from realizing our identity in Jesus and in His grace is our own faithlessness. Our own doubt that God, God isn't going to love me enough. He couldn't love me enough that... I'm not worth enough. I don't have this. I don't have that. Our own faithlessness keeps us from realizing the image of Christ and the newness of creation that we are in Jesus. Romans chapter 4, starting verse 19, 21. It says, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver. Concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. It says that Abraham did not weaken when he considered. What weakens your faith when you consider it? Is it how many people that you have around you? Is it your own experiences of failure? Is it your own sin? Is it your own doubt? What makes you weaken when you consider it? It says that Abraham, he was an old man. His wife was barren. He had every reason to doubt God's promise, but yet he did not weaken his faith when he considered those things, but grew strong as he gave God glory for his promises, right? A promise that if you are in Christ, you're a new creation. You're forgiven of your sin. Your, your worldly identity doesn't define you, no matter what you've done. Do not grow weary. Do not let your faith waver when you consider Whatever it is that makes you doubt, but grow strong as you give glory to God, finding your image in Him, being con- fully convinced that He can do whatever it is that He promised. So, Amen, guys. That's all we got. Find your identity in Jesus.